Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. If you are a wine lover like myself and you gotta have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge, So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses try firstleaf.com slash roses creams and serums are made of 70 percent water 15 percent preservatives and emulsifiers leaving only around 15 percent for the active ingredients that your skin needs but luckily now there's fiber skincare 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. 
If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Hi, I'm Chris Harrison. And no, I'm not The Bachelor. I am a happily married man. And tonight, we'll embark on a romantic journey that will hopefully lead two people to one of the most wonderful things life has to offer, a marriage filled with love and romance. Here's how the show's gonna work. For months, we've searched the entire country for one of America's most eligible bachelors. And yes, we found him. He's a great guy, good-looking, successful, funny, most importantly, ready to get married. He succeeded in every aspect of his life. He just hasn't managed to find the woman of his dreams. And that's where we come in. Later this evening, our bachelor will meet 25 fantastic women who are also looking for love. But this is no ordinary relationship show. The stakes are considerably higher here. This is about something real, something permanent. You know, the whole till death do you part thing. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. Today is Thursday. That means this is going to be This Week in Bachelor Nation. So we're going to give you some parasocial plays. We're going to go through all the news that has happened this week. We're going to get to the gains of some players from Katie Thurston's season. We're going to talk about her TV show ratings as well. And of course, we're going to give you our state of the world. But before we get to any of that, we have to mention a few things up top here. Number one. If you have not listened to the most recent episode of the Bachelors in the City podcast, you need to go do that immediately because we're on it. That is correct. You heard it here correctly. (laughs) Pace Case and I got to travel to the Bachelors in the City podcast via the internet where we talked to PP himself and Dustin Kendrick. And we went through their entire rookie season, season 15 of The Bachelorette. We broke it down for them. We had a fantastic time. They were awesome. They were hilarious. And we highly encourage you all to not only go listen to that podcast, but follow Bachelors in the City on Instagram. Give them some likes. Uh, Subscribe to their podcast. Give them five stars on their podcast. Review. Subscribe. Uh, We were so thrilled to do this and by the way out of respect for his own wishes i will be calling peter weber popeye and no longer will be referring to him as pp because he prefers that nickname that's something we learned in that (laughs) (laughs) i will try my best to call him popeye i don't think i can make any promises but we thank both pilot pete and dustin kendrick aka popeye It was just a fantastic time, and we hope that you guys enjoy that episode as much as we did when we got to do it with them. And then we have another bit of business. At the end of this episode, for our Screams from the Pit, we're going to have a very special guest down in the pit with us, and you guys will very much like to hear from this person. I can guarantee it. So now, with all of that out of the way, let's begin our program as we always begin it with a segment where we usually talk about 
some bigger news in the world and then we relate it back to the bachelor because obviously everything is related to the bachelor this is going to be a little different though this week we're going to be talking about a piece of news from the bachelor world and relating it to the larger world outside because this piece of news was huge this is game of roses state of the world perhaps the biggest piece of Bachelor Nation news in the history of our beloved game occurred this week as we all learned that after a few months of speculation about the Dark Lord's possible return to the franchise after the fallout settled from his racism scandal, Chris Harrison has been officially excommunicated from the nation forever. Harrison delivered his first hosting duties on the pilot episode of season one of The Bachelor all the way back in March of 2002. And you heard a clip from that at the top of this show. That was the first line of dialogue the Dark Lord ever uttered. And he has hosted every episode of every season of The Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, Bachelor Pad, Pad. everything. Listen to your heart. The only thing he didn't host was one episode of season 16 of The Bachelorette after he left the quarantine bubble to take his son to college in North Texas. And of course, the after the final rose of Bachelor season 25 when he was replaced by Emmanuel Acho in response to his involvement in the racism scandal that has now ultimately led to his dismissal from the franchise. The very franchise he helped to build from the ground up. Last month, Harrison retained the services of Hollywood power lawyer Brian Friedman in an effort to send a message to Warner Brothers, ABC, and NZK Productions that he was not willing to roll over and relinquish his role as the face of the game without a fight. And that turned out to be a very good move because after 19 years of service to the game, Harrison isn't leaving empty-handed. He will receive a reported mid-eight-figure settlement in exchange for his compliance and silence regarding the dirty dark secrets about the franchise his lawyer used as leverage in negotiations with these massive corporate media entities. Harrison has been involved with the franchise for long enough that he no doubt has racked up countless dark secrets about a wide array of executives, producers, casting, and production practices. But for a corporate media company to value those secrets at 25 to $75 million, they must be darker than we can even imagine. So dark that they have to threaten the very existence of the show itself. It's Phantom Night One. That was, that's the only secret he has? They were just like, we yeah, can't let Phantom what, Night One get up. That's what they had to pay for. It's $50 yeah. million. Dollars. <laughs> So, although the Dark Lord will never again preside over the kingdom he helped to build, he will, it seems, at least for now, have the last laugh as he walks away with a huge sum of money. The LA Times put out a piece today uh, with a bunch of interviews with members of the nation who are rejoicing at the exit of DLH, including a couple friends of the pit. Justine Kay from Two Black Girls, One Rose said, This is great news. Here is a white man, a millionaire, that had a job that was extremely easy for 19 years and was fired for saying racist things. He didn't have a hood in the closet. He didn't upload any crazy pictures on Instagram. He didn't do anything crazy besides saying what he really feels. 
She added that DLH's payout is deeply disturbing. It shows that cancel culture is being used as a weapon by white conservatives in this country and never against them. Cancel culture for white people does not exist. Brett Vergara added, It started to feel like Chris was not the right person to be at the helm of this franchise if they want to move in a more inclusive direction. So that's the news from Bachelor Nation. How does that relate to the broader scope of news in the world? The global arena, the game we all play, life. (laughs) This is just proof positive that money always wins in any arena, no matter what. Corporations own everything, and they control it all with money, including the truth, which in this case we now know is going to be buried along with Chris Harrison. Whatever he knows about the horrible shit they have done in service of putting this show together for the past 19 years, no one will ever know it because they paid him enough money to shut him up forever. And we see shit like this happen constantly in corporate America. We also see people who have enough money, they're able to kind of do anything they want. Like Jeffrey Epstein, for example, <laughs> was committing the most yeah. heinous crimes imaginable on planet Earth that involve abusing children and he's doing it for decades and decades and even after he gets caught the first time at least he just uses money to get out of that situation he escapes jail time and he even gets a deal that says he can never be prosecuted for this crime again now ultimately that winds up to be overturned in in the most recent thing that happened with epstein and he is no longer with us because he in quotes committed suicide in his jail cell but even that is a silencing of him. He obviously didn't kill himself. He was killed. And that was because those secrets had to go to his grave. And so the powers that be just moved up that grave time a little sooner than it would have been otherwise. Uh, And now we're kind of, we're seeing a similar kind of thing play out. The companies that have the money, the people who have the real control will maintain that control. And this is a strange situation because it's like, yeah, he's leaving. And like what we're hearing from Justine Kay and Brett Vergara, sure, it's going in a different direction and it's good that he's out. But still, the, the true winners of this are the real people that control it. Dark Lord Harrison's not the one pulling the strings here. It's Warner Brothers. It's ABC. It is these corporations that make insane amounts of money off of this show. I feel like the timing of this couldn't be more perfect as yesterday... ProPublica broke this massive story basically exposing that all of the wealthiest people in America, including Mark Zuckerberg, basically pay negligible taxes. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, and Mark Zuckerberg. 2007, Bezos paid $0 in federal income tax, even as his company's stock price doubled, increasing his wealth by an estimated $3.8 billion. This is why this is while the current highest tax rate in America is 37% for couples with combined income above $628,300. But the ultra rich are effectively sidestepping this system. It's because they design the system. Corporations and billionaires control all governments. Just think about money. Think about how it works. The government creates it. It's not a real thing. The government says and uh, let's just take the United States we are making this thing called the dollar and one dollar will buy you this and there's inflation rates and whatever, but the government generates that money. They create it from nothing. The Federal Reserve just makes more money, in quotes, printing it. They don't really print as much of it anymore. Cash is kind of on its way out, but they make more dollars at will. So if that's the case, 
Why then are they taking my dollars? What's the point of fucking taxes? Can't you just make more money? Tax, money, the entire system, is, it's just a, an idea. And we all go along with it. And that idea dictates that the people with the most money write the rules of how that system works to keep themselves at the top constantly. I mean, DLH threw a bunch of money at this and that didn't help. What do you mean? He just got mid eight figures. That, I think that paid I know, off. but he didn't get to keep the show. <laughs> you think he would have chosen the money over keeping the show? The show was never his to begin with. That's what we're learning right here. The show belongs to Warner Brothers forever. But I'm saying, do you think he would prefer that money payout or coming back to The Bachelor? I don't know. I mean, because here's the deal. Ultimately, he had to settle for that price. I don't know how the negotiations mm-hmm. went or anything, but it got to a point where he was like, fuck, you know, $50 million, a lot of goddamn money. I'm taking that. And maybe there's a, a balancing act in his mind of like, how much hassle is this going to be? Does Bachelor Nation really want me back? All that kind of stuff versus I can walk with $50 million or however much they're paying him in that mid eight figure range. So ultimately, like, yes, I'm sure he wants to be the host of The Bachelor, but Everybody got a price for fucking everything. And $50 million is a pretty nice price. And now, what is he going to do? I would need more to leave Gore. Than $50 million? Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. But, for the love uh, of the game. <laughs> <laughs> but now he's sitting in this position where, you know, it's undeniable, first of all. I just want to say this. Yes, he's a problematic figure. Yes, he said these racist things. He probably should not be host. All of those things are true. He did, however, build this game. He has been the face of it for 19 years. And this is a new era. This is a new thing we're moving into with what this show is, what they're putting out front. Certainly, Warner Brothers is like, we got to bury the secrets of the past. They don't want that shit coming out. So that history will always be there, but it's just going to be pushed deep down. And now, Chris Harrison has this legacy. He built this thing. He has 1.3 million Instagram followers. He's got $50 million in the bank now or how, whatever that mid eight figures is. I don't know the actual number. Mm-hmm. 25 to 75 million, somewhere in there. That's mid eight figures. He's got all that. What is he going to do next? Because time to start running. I think so. Against cancel culture. I think it's politics and I think cancel culture is his platform and I think he's going to do very well. I don't know that he mm-hmm. comes back on camera because if The Bachelor got rid of him who else is going to put him on camera no network will and so what are you looking at then will a streaming service put him on camera for a show or something maybe that's years away especially now that this just happened i don't think he would even want to do that though that's why i think the politics is much more likely because nothing is going to be at that caliber of the bachelor so it would just look like a diminished kind of sad thing and i Look, I think it is, I think my my views on whether he should come back have been very clear, but I did feel this tinge of sadness looking at this, like his swan song, we'll get to it in Parasocial Plays, but he posted on his Instagram this like goodbye Bachelor Nation post basically, and and I felt weird, I felt very weird at my reaction to it, but it is just like the end of an era. But it's the beginning of what I think could be an even more sinister era because Dark Lord Harrison, at the very least, Hmm. was like you could tell he was in on it. He loved the misery. 
he was out front talking about the anguish of the players and he was this detached aloof kind of satanic godlike figure in the game that's gone now and what it is replaced with is going to be Tasha and Caitlin doing whatever the producers want it is going to be replaced on Bachelor in Paradise which we'll get to as well with a rotating host of celebrities who are coming in and viewing this as just like a one-off day job so the producers and the show get to maintain this kind of sinister structure of manipulating people without that face of it that makes it even more chilling to me there is no face i have a different i have a different take which is that it is a positive direction and maybe perhaps some of these people who were like I'm not watching without Chris Harrison maybe some of that came to fruition but maybe this launches the show into the progressive era maybe they start to actually catch up with the times more and they just go you know what we don't actually need this contingent let's be more progressive that's that's my hope I would agree with you if this wouldn't have happened because what this shows is the old guard is in control of this show. People who can say, yeah, write him a check for $50 million, shut him up, let's keep making this thing, keep pumping this thing out that makes us rich. And they're not going to want to change it at all because it's been so successful for so long. And it's like, yeah, you can hire a couple of diverse producers and start having a more diverse player pool and all this kind of stuff. But the people who are making this thing, the people who are making money off this thing, they don't want to change it ever but they have to they have to have a new host or a rotating that cast inherently of hosts. changes it yeah i i, I, I think they will i think they will land on one host i don't see the rotating thing happening forever just because I, yeah. you need someone you need that steady figure i agree and hopefully they'll have it eventually but that is it that is our state of the world. This is an end of an era. It has been the only era, really, that we've been in since the beginning of the game, the Dark Lord era. And yeah. this is how the Dark Lord goes out. Not with a nice, fond farewell send-off into retirement, but with Mm-mm. a disgraceful legal battle that gets settled for mid-eight figures. It's like just money's all over. It's just like, it's gross. It's dark. It's dirty from top to bottom. And we're all just sitting here like, well, I guess it's time to move on. But we're all wondering, what the fuck did he have? What was said in those negotiations? What emails? What texts? What are the smoking guns that he has that were worth 50 fucking million dollars to a giant media company who pinches every penny? I mean, isn't part of it that they don't want to be sued for how they're dismissing him that he has some whatever shit in his contract where he can't be dismissed what do they give a fuck sue us we'll tie that up in legal battles for five years good luck no i think he had specific dirt and he was like this is how much the secrets are worth yeah because if you file a suit against them and it's a public lawsuit whatever details are in the suit will be made public so anyone can just go to the public records get that document and be like here's all the things he's saying in this lawsuit that happened like maybe he was going to sue them for duress or something or who who fucking knows what mm-hmm. but he had enough information 
that he could have made public in one way or another that they were just like, uh-uh, this can't come out. And I'm telling you, like, 50 million fucking dollars? Yeah. That's insane. I mean, it, it must be something that would get the show canceled. Yes, I, I think it has to be. And I am sure it's probably... It's the baloney tapes. It's the baloney tapes. It might also just be, like, <laughs> volume of material that he has as well you know he's got 20 years of this shit built up anyway that's it dark lord's out the dark lord has been our our literal logo of our show since we started it we still can't figure out how to get yeah. it off of the fucking apple itunes thing if we've been trying can tell us we have been trying to change our logo and it is still stuck on on i think on oh, itunes i don't know how to change it someone please dm at Game of Roses pod. It's Let the Dark know. Lord's final dark magic over us that <laughs> we can't break us. a spell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Those demon oh, eyes shit. will live on forever in the algorithms. But that's it. That is State of the World. Thanks for indulging us. That's obviously the biggest news, so we spent a little more time on it. But now it is time to move on in this program to talking about some of the movements on Instagram for some of the players in this most recent season, 17 The Bachelorette. This is... This Week in Games. By the way, there is some drilling happening within my building. I apologize for the audio on my end. It really feels like it's within my brain and not outside of my body, but... Apologies to the pit. So let's begin this week in games by talking about the ratings that are now in for the first episode of Katie Thurston's season 17, The Bachelorette. These ratings are the worst opening night ratings in the history of the franchise. In the 18 to 49 demographic, this historic night pulled in a 0.9 that is down 35% from last season and in raw numbers 3.5 million people tuned in that is down 28% from last season although these ratings were abysmal the bachelorette still won the 8 to 10 p.m. time slot across all networks so technically the show is still outperforming all other shows in the coveted monday night primetime slot I maintain these historically low ratings have almost nothing to do with the show itself. This is just the slow death of network TV as executives and advertisers cling to the old model with white knuckles to squeeze every last drop of money that still remains. The true indicator of how popular this season will be is not going to be the antiquated Nielsen rating system, but instead social media engagement, Instagram follower counts, TikTok followers. And on that note, let's get into. The Instagram gains for this week. Starting with Katie Thurston. Last week on Twibbon, she was at 593K. Our crown gained 44K since that point, bringing her to 637K total. While this is just shy of my prediction that she would gain a million followers this week, I still have until playoffs to beat clues in this bet of when Thurston will join the million club. Yeah, I think you'll actually win. I think it'll happen before playoffs. <laughs> and we will, we are starting to chart her TikTok growth as well. She had a 322.4K TikTok followers last week. Now she's at 332.6K. That's about a 10K bump, less than Instagram, but 
we shall see how that goes. Yeah, not too bad. And now for the top five Instagram games for the players of Katie Thurston's 17th Bachelorette season. First on the list, the gold medal in games this week goes to Jersey Marketing Sales Rep and my MVP, Greg Grippo. He gained an astronomical 59,000 followers this week, bringing his total to 63.9K. Grippo blew everyone else out of the water by over 50,000 new followers for his masterful play, Shy Style, as we know. His 4TRR familial pasta necklace Kringle, his wall loading, his love level one, and of course, his Fimpro's victory. Grippo is the only player who even joined the 10K club this week. The silver medal in gains goes to a surprising pick, Christian Smith. He gained 6,352 followers this week, bringing him to 9,681 total for his Let's rub one out together, genie prop comedy Standy, and his dismissal of Catman. The bronze medal in gains goes to Pace Cases MVP and my play of the game, Connor Brennan, a.k.a. the Catman. He gained 5,433 followers, bringing him to 7,708 total for his commitment to his full cat Standy Tot and his powerful piano-themed mini-date complete with a 3K kiss total, which resulted in smearing face paint all over our crown. Fourth place goes to Clay Harbor's cousin, pro football player, Andrew Spencer, who gained 4,794 followers for his old-fashioned car grandy slash fake British accent standy combo limo exit, which some experts say might have had a tinge of aloha (laughs) and his powerful performance as a colorful narrator throughout the entire night one. This brings him to a total of 9,230, knocking on the door of the 10K club. And fifth place goes to Pace Cases, play of the game recipient, Justin Glaze, the investment sales consultant from Baltimore, Maryland, who gained 3,190 followers for his blue-collar paintbrush standy his heart rose painting Kringle, and the first kiss of season 17. Honorable mentions go out to two players who utilize the Blandy, John Hersey, who gained 2,500, bringing him to 5,917 total for his extremely 4TRR Blandy, which made Thurston say he's just her type, and Andrew Milkovich also gained 2,352, bringing him to 4,602. How do these gains match up to the rookies of season 16? Dale Moss, cybering extraordinaire, gained 56,704 on the week of night one for Claire's season, which is less than Grippo. However, two other players had above 10K gains that week, Tyler C. and Blake Moines, a trend we did not see match this season. However... Zach Clark, the ring winner of Tasha's season, had a 535 follower gain the week of night one. So hope is not lost for the other players of our beloved game. But that is the top five gains as we head into the regular season. We wish all incoming rookies good luck, and we can't wait to see what they can do with this 17th season of The Bachelorette. And now it is time for us 
to break down some of the biggest happenings in the nation this week. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, now that hosting duties for the franchise are up in the air, we have learned that Bachelor in Paradise will feature a rotating cast of celebrity guest hosts. Bachelor superfan and Saturday Night Live alum David Spade was the first guest host to be reported, but news has emerged revealing Lance Bass, Titus Burgess, Lil Jon, Wells Adams and Sarah Hyland, that they will all be touching sand this season to render hosting duties. The decision to use a rotating cast of guest hosts in favor of one host for the season is new for Bachelor in Paradise as it heads into season seven. We're not sure how it will affect the tone or structure of the game, but we're anxiously awaiting more information about other hosts. What do you think about this kind of comedic tone bringing in David Sp- Bade, are these hosts going to upstage the players? Like when Lil John walks onto sand for the first time, instead of a player coming down those stairs. <laughs> when Lil John touches sand, I never thought I would heard that hear that phrase. Hey, neither did I, but it's happening. Yeah, yeah, we're going to hear that a lot. Okay, we're going to hear that a lot. <laughs> but are we going to give a shit about the players when you have these celebrities coming in? I'm going to be more interested to see what celebrity shows up next than any fucking player. I feel like it's upstaging them a lot. I feel like it is upstaging. I saw that Tanner tweeted something to that. King of Paradise Tanner Tolbert said something Mm. to that effect. Um, I think it'll play off in very much the same way as the celebrity hosts on group dates plays off. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the rose... The formality of the rose ceremony, it's hard to picture that that will have the same tone. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, imagine Lil Jon being like, and now, if you want to stay here, you have to fuck. Yeah. (laughs) I like Lil Jon. I I like much of his music, and I think he's very funny. I think, like, I'm going to be entertained by this, but it is, it takes a little something away from the game, I feel, but. We will see. Congratulations to all of these. I love Titus as well. He's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, these names, even David Spade, I'm like, that's kind of interesting. Lance Bass is probably the least interesting person on this list to me. But congratulations to all these hosts. We're looking forward to seeing you on sand. And speaking of sand, our next piece of Bachelor Nation news involves Piper James and Brendan Marias. They will not be touching sand this season because they are reportedly dating and, in quotes, very into each other. James made her debut in our beloved game on season 25 of The Bachelor, where she placed fifth, and Marias made his rookie appearance on season 16 of The Bachelorette, where he self-eliminated in fourth place. The couple met through mutual friends in New York and now spend their time between the Big Apple and Boston, where they each live. Although we wish the new couple happiness, we can't help but mention this was an incredible (laughs) error. No doubt each of them had a chance to appear on Paradise this season, and they could have very easily engineered a deep run with one another that would have allowed the fourth audience to watch their relationship develop on screen, a move that would have undoubtedly boosted their parasocial power and quite possibly given them each over a million Instagram followers. What the fuck were they thinking? I don't know. I don't know. It seems like such a huge mistake. 
these new relationships that happen just before paradise, this is literally why you do them. It, like take a page out of Belakai's playbook when he's going to stagecoach and casually dating multiple players who are going to wind up on paradise. Then you get to come to paradise with a high sand placement. They build a whole season around you. Maybe they try to vilify you, whatever, but you're still going to walk out of there with so many Instagram followers. And if you already have this relationship on lock, you come in with that in mind. That's your strategy. It, I, I just feel this is a huge missed opportunity. Yes. Maybe they were... The only thing I can think is maybe they were photographed too many times together and the producers were like, no, we're not having a couple come in who's already serious. Yeah. To try to like preserve the sanctity of everyone meeting on sand, even though that seems difficult at this point. But yeah, yeah. it's possible. I am not exactly sure, but we wish them luck on getting a million followers some other way. Speaking of players with over a million followers, the fifth Bachelorette, Jillian Harris, is in the news this week. After producing an Instagram Live with Sophie Trudeau, the wife of Canada's Prime Minister last month, Harris continued to build her political clout this week with an Instagram Live featuring the leader of Canada's New Democratic Party, Jagmeet Singh. From time to time on this program, we've discussed how our beloved game intersects with politics, and we have predicted that in the very near future, we will see a player, a lead, or possibly even a host throw their hat into the political arena. As Jillian Harris continues to rack up public interactions with high-profile politicians, it has us wondering if perhaps she might be her American counterpart to the punch. Time will tell. Next up, Rachel Lindsay continues her upward trajectory through the entertainment world, landing a lucrative gig as True Botanicals brand ambassador and appearing on The View all in the same week. During her appearance on the female-hosted ABC talk show, she discussed being labeled an angry black woman during her time in-game, as well as some of the microaggressions she suffered from some of the players on her season 13 of The Bachelorette. It's unclear if her appearance on the show was quite possibly an audition for a more permanent position on the wildly successful daytime talk show, or if it was just a one-off. But she certainly fit right in with veterans like Joy Behar, and we would not be surprised at all if the next step in Lindsay's career is landing a huge full-time job on a show like The View. Congrats to Rachel on her continued success. I can 1,000% see this happening. Yeah, me too. Congrats, Rachel. It's awesome. And another congratulations go out this week to Diggy Moreland and his girlfriend, Jennifer Lando. The couple welcomed a new member of the family. Their daughter, Taddy Reese, was born on June 7th. Moreland made his rookie appearance in season 13 of The Bachelorette, where he was eliminated in week three by Rachel Lindsay. He returned for the fourth and fifth seasons of Bachelor in Paradise. And finally, a big happy birthday goes out to our next Bachelorette, Michelle Young. She began her 28th trip around the sun on June 3rd. Here's to hoping this year is your best yet. And that does it for all the Bachelor Nation news this week. Now it's time to move on to talk about a few of the plays some of the top players were making off the field in the parasocial arena. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football is back. And the best bet you can make is downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 
It doesn't matter if you're new to gambling or an old pro, FanDuel has something for everyone. And as an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you know your bets are safe. There's also never been a better time to use FanDuel because right now you'll get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. You can even turn a small wager into a big payday with a same-game parlay bet. Just sign up with the promo code SPOTIFY to place your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by HP. Whenever you do your best thinking, the HP Spectre X360 is ready when inspiration strikes. With power save for battery life and focus mode to multitask, you can do your best thinking whenever and wherever it happens. You can't always schedule when and where you might have a brilliant thought, whether it's in the morning or before bed, when you're at your computer or away from it. Thinking can happen anywhere and anytime. The HP Spectre X360 2-in-1 Convertible PC with Windows 10 saves battery life for whenever an idea hits you. HP Spectre X360, a more thoughtful laptop. This is the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. As most weeks in the professional era, there were a ton of great parasocial plays, but the top of our list are a few contenders. First parasocial play of the week goes to. The first player Game of Roses ever had on our podcast, Listen to Your Hearts, Danny Padilla. He posted a four-slide series to his Instagram main grid. The first three are pictures with fellow players Bree Staus and Michael Todd. The last is a video recreation of Michael Hot Touch Todd hitting on ring winner Staus, her getting up, then Padilla giving Staus a rose, but then Michael Todd chokes them out. The caption reads, No Listen to Your Heart reunion would be complete without pics and a weird recreation of a scene that only 50% actually happened. Heart emoji. I loved this play. I loved seeing the comedy of it. I loved seeing these Listen to Your Heart players back together. And I certainly love seeing Michael Todd get <laughs> some love. I mean, he will forever have a place in my heart because of Hot Touch. It was just that song for me was the song of Listen to Your Heart. And I just love seeing him. It was hilarious. I, all, on all three of their parts that they were all doing this. And I think I would love to see more players recreating fake Bachelor scenarios that didn't happen. Our next play that we want to discuss here comes from a controversial figure within our beloved game. It is the Dark Lord himself. He jumped into the parasocial play arena this week with his Bachelor franchise Swan Song Post. On Tuesday, he posted a single image to his IG main grid. It's him standing at a reunion special for an unknown season, although I feel it's season 17. Why? I was at that one. That's why. He's trolling. Oh, he's trolling. 
No, I don't think it has anything to do with us, but I think that season for him and for Bachelor Nation and for the mm. producers is kind of the pinnacle season. That's the best it ever was. And I think that's the memory he wants to go out on. The image is of himself standing at this reunion. He is in front of a sea of women in jeweled-toned outfits clapping as he clasps his own hands together and gives a closed-mouthed smile. The caption reads, I've had a truly incredible run as the host of the Bachelor franchise, and now I'm excited to start a new chapter. I'm so grateful to Bachelor Nation for all of the memories we've made together. While my two-decade journey is wrapping up, the friendships I've made will last a lifetime. This post has 269,000 likes and 23.6 thousand comments. Many of those comments are positive well-wishes from heavy hitters in the nation, including Crowns, Colton Underwood, Peter Popeye Weber, Golden Boy Sean Lowe himself, Excitement and Pizza Lover Ari Leyendijk Jr., Joe 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 Fletcher, Desiree Siegfried, and the GOAT herself, Caitlin Bristow. Other big names dropped in to wish him well, including tier play extraordinaire Ashley Iaconetti, the only Bachelor ring winner to marry the Bachelor Catherine Lowe, King of Paradise Tanner Tolbert, Bachelor Pad icon Michelle Money, and Ashley Hebert's ring winner J.P. Rosenbaum. This is a who's who of Bachelor Nation all chiming in to wish Dark Lord Harrison happy trails. I don't think we've ever seen a comment section on any Bachelor Nation post that is that full of Loaded. Bachelor Nation luminaries. Yeah, and each of the comments have thousands and thousands of likes themselves. I mean, this is probably going to be DLH's most liked post ever. Yeah, has to be until he becomes president of the United Congrats States. Congrats on the engagement, Dark Lord. <laughs> And the $50 million. <laughs> I just literally just checked the post to make sure I'm not in the background. <laughs> yeah. I like to, we're, like, we're reporting on this, by the way. Like, Dark Lord Harrison has $50 million. He got all this shit. You yeah. got some guy doing, like, jackhammers and drills immediately outside your apartment door, like, as they're fucking tearing Does your that building apart. I'm not rich. <laughs> yeah. I got, like, two fucking power cables hooked into my computer at all times. I got the screen on the lowest brightness. It's overheating. Like, all of the... Hey, <laughs> this is our life. Are lives. you on your hotspot? <laughs> no, I'm not. I actually have internet you've upgraded. Today. Yeah. Oh, Dark Lord. Um, yeah, I, I... Again, apologies for the drilling. It, it's hurting me more than you all, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I am with sounds. Yeah. Look... DLH, congrats on your probably most liked post ever. But unfortunately, there was one parasocial play that was our parasocial play of the week. It was absolutely extraordinary. The winner of parasocial play of the week goes to our current crown, Katie Thurston. She made another iconic parasocial play this week. Just before the premiere, Thurston posted a screenshot to her Instagram story of a DM that she sent to presumably her free spirit archetype hero player, Caitlin Bristow, from October 22nd, 2016. In it, Thurston wrote, Dearest beautiful Caitlin, I saw a picture reshared on Instagram of you crying and it broke my heart. 
I've never messaged someone I didn't know, let alone someone as popular as yourself, but woman to woman, I felt I needed to reach out. I want you to know you are beautiful both inside and out. You've been my favorite and I enjoyed watching your journey and seeing glimpses of it now. Can't have the rainbow without the rain. And I'm sorry people are cruel. You sparkle and people can be jealous. There's nothing to gain by bringing someone down unless it's only to make one feel better about themselves. And at that point, I pity them. I'm sorry for them that they don't have the confidence enough to feel beautiful. So they have to tear someone down, some have to tear down someone else from one woman to another. Stay strong. Don't let them take off your crown. Heart emoji. The storm will pass and you will have your rainbow. Thurston wrote on top of this DM screenshot. My first ever message to Caitlin Bristow was back in 2016. Life has now come full circle with her helping me along the way during my struggles and sadness. Purple heart emoji. Always been a believer of women supporting women. I'm excited for all of you to see what that looks like starting tonight. There is so much here. The fact that she was admiring the great play of Bristow from the beginning. The fact that she was so into this game for many years. The fact that she held on to this DM to post it at the moment before their first on-camera moments together in the premiere. Thurston has proven that she is well-prepared and has a vast storage of parasocial plays in the pipeline before with her night one dress pulls, etc. But this is on another level. This was in 2016, before Trump was elected, before the pandemic, years before Thurston herself would ever enter the game. I mean... My jaw hit the floor when I saw this. As did mine. I really liked the DLH play. It obviously has the metrics. It's so many likes, so many comments and all that. But this for me was the clear parasocial play of the week because it references the main game, the true game. This is Katie Thurston at home being a fan of Caitlin Bristow's play Sending her a message saying, you're my hero player. You're my fucking yeah. idol, basically. <laughs> and now, just as she said, it's come full circle. This is like a, a young player of another sport idolizing one of the greats and sending them a message and then yeah, ultimately I mean, getting Jordan. to play with them. Sure. Or whoever. LeBron, whoever you think is the best player. But uh, <laughs> I, that was just... A sportsman that I could think of. <laughs> I don't oh, think. okay. I don't. Yeah. I don't have a, a take on who's the best basketball player. It's either Michael Jordan or LeBron James. That's basically the argument that is now going to be had in perpetuity. But I just love this. It, it really is to me another signifier that we're in this new era where new incoming players can have fandoms, can idolize, can have these hero players and openly discuss it. And we all accept it. We're just like, oh, isn't that cool? We are in a true sport now. And we've been talking about this since we started doing this show. And I think Katie Thurston is crystallizing it in a way that we have never really seen before. I mean, this was fucking crazy. And obviously she has to get permission from Caitlin to post this. Hey, what do you think about this? And Caitlin has to give the permission. They're friends now. This was just, it was so fucking good to see. And the fact that she knew she should post it. This is like a private DM. Some people might go back and reread this if, had they written it to somebody and been like, oh, this is kind of cheesy. I don't know if I should post this. Mm -hmm. She's like, fuck that. It's going straight on my Instagram stories. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. And also just 
the posts that Thurston is making right before the season started, th- before the season starts, are so important and like carefully thought out. And this was just. I mean, we had high hopes for her social media during the season, and now it's just, like, all blown out of the water. She fucking DM'd Bristow in 2016. Are you kidding me? Like, Yeah. <laughs> she manifested this. Her yes. being the crown to follow in Bristow's footsteps. I mean, maybe not Bristow actually being the host as well. I don't think anyone could have predicted that. But, but I mean, it's also proof that she's a studied player. She's been watching the show at least since then recognizes the bachelorette is a crown to be given first of yes. all that's <laughs> incredible using the correct language even using back then more terminology before gore <laughs> but i mean even other than that it's like she she understood the social media element of it too because what she's saying in the dm is like i understand you have detractors and people are shitting on you those people are people in her comments she's studying how the social media aspect of being in the game works even back then and that's why she's so good at it and it's also a message to katie's followers and detractors like people shitting on her now it's like be kind it's that be kind message support women etc truly fantastic we can't wait to see what she does over the remainder of her season and beyond but that is it for parasocial plays of the week and now it is time for Pace Case and I to descend. Sorry, I got a fucking bug in my drink. Ew. Have to get it out. I'm still going to drink this drink. <laughs> Talk okay. about poor people shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a small bug, and it's a good drink. Oh Sorry. Leave us in. <laughs> oh, God. And now it is time for us to descend into the bottom of the pit where we will issue forth our screams. And we're going to have a very special guest in the pit with us. This is Screams from the Pit. We are now descended into the bottom of the pit standing in the murky waters swirling all around us but this week we are not alone joining (laughs) myself and pace case is none other than the dark seeker grace ann parks is with us welcome dark seeker i am welcome Some of you may have uh, already been noticing our social media is getting a lot better in the past week. And that is due in no part to Pace Case or myself, but instead completely it is due to Grace Ann Parks. She is handling all of our social media for us. She's doing a fantastic job. We welcome her officially to Game of Roses, to the bottom of the pit. Thank you for being here. Thank you for doing all of this. You're you're putting in some fantastic work. We're just getting started, and I am so happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you, but I have to inform you that once you're down in the deepest part of the pit like this, you're going to have to issue forth a scream. That's how this works. I'm sure you know that. So That was in the job description. I <laughs> <laughs> you must scream every week. 
must have proficiency <laughs> in screams. <laughs> Correct, yes. So, Pace Case and I are going to issue our screams, and then it's going to be your turn. Are you ready for this? Okay. I'm ready. All right. Pace Case, you want to go first, or you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah I'll scream. I'll scream right. at our new employee first. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my scream from the pit this week is that we try to manifest some things here on this show. Goals for ourselves, pieces of the document that we would like to see miraculously come to us. We've tried to manifest... Garrett Powell's baloney tapes from Hannah Brown's Bachelorette season. <laughs> we tried to manifest Phantom Night One tapes from Claire Crawley's season, should they exist. We tried to they manifest do. gore on clickbait. <laughs> but one of our greatest dreams that seemed like only a far-fetched dream came true this week. We went on Bachelors in the City and got to talk to Popeye and Dusty about their play on Hannah Brown's Bachelorette season. And I guess it's not a scream. It's a jovial, like, guttural noise from my body. Like, I can't thank them enough. And I can't thank the pit enough. The pit provides. It is because of you all that this even happened. Apparently, they got a lot of DMs and comments saying, have Game of Roses on. So I just want to thank all of you and, again, give them a good review um, for having us on. And hopefully, we will have them on Game of Roses shortly. Thank you, Pit. (laughs) This is not my scream from the pit, but I mirror your sentiment exactly. It was some of the most fun we ever had when we first started doing this podcast two years ago on, I think, episode six of Hannah Brown's season. We never could have imagined that we would be talking to Pilot (laughs) Pete, Popeye, and Dustin Kendrick and breaking down the game for them and talking about Rose quotients with them. But that's exactly what happened. And it is thanks to the pit. It's all the DMs and stuff that uh, you all sent in. So thank you. From the bottom of our hearts, from the bottom of our pit, I suppose. And thank you, Popeye, and thank you, Dusty. They were also so lovely and such good sports, particularly Popeye, you know, with all the nicknames and all that stuff. Um, So, yeah, very grateful for that. (laughs) It was so fun. And the fact that he also, I mean, he confirmed verbally that he's in the pit today when we're recording this on the game of roses instagram i know he, he unblocked us on pit. instagram <laughs> oh yeah he unblocked us huge <laughs> forgot to mention that manifested an unblocking of a crown Love it. <laughs> you know i have to say that probably doesn't happen very often that people get unblocked Mm-mm. so kudos to us and a follow and uh, little little DM hearts when he liked all the messages that I I tagged him in. So that's fantastic. Aww. We in the pit. All right, I'm gonna do my scream now, and then Dark Seeker, you're up. Mm-hmm. My scream involves something I did this week. It has taken me a very long time to do this, longer than it should have taken. Certainly, I cut the cord. My last. What? 
Yes, I cut the cord. Cable TV is gone. Oh my god. Oh my really? Yes. <laughs> I had maintained my subscription through my cable service and I had been dwindling it down over the years. HBO Max came out. I got rid of HBO. I stopped watching Rachel Maddow every night till 4 a.m. waiting for certain political things to happen. So I got rid of all my cable news. Um, but I always maintained the basic cable package for network television for one show, The Bachelor. That is how I would watch it. I would DVR it so that I could rewind and fast forward and do all the stuff I need to do to make my memes. I take pictures of the TV screen to make the memes. And I always maintained that cable subscription for only The Bachelor. This Monday night, as the new season aired, I don't know if this was the Dark Lord's doing or if it was just Kismet, but my cable went out and I had to sign up for YouTube TV in order to watch it at all. And I was like, you know what? There's something about the Dark Lord leaving who is a baby boomer, the dwindling baby boomer audience of the show, the ratings going down, network TV dying. There's something about Bachelor Season 17, all of this kind of coming together that made me realize now is the time. Fuck network TV. It is dead. I am moving fully digital. I am now on YouTube TV to watch our beloved game. And it was a strange kind of, uh, in some ways, a death for me. Because as a Gen X person, cable television was instrumental in my media education. Watching HBO, late night movies, MTV, so many things that cable television has given me in terms of how I understand media. And I had to accept that is done now. That world is dead. And I am moving into not really the future. I'm moving into about 10 years ago, probably for most people, but <laughs> I'm there now. I have made it. And I feel that it is, um, it's a strange feeling to have no ties to this thing that basically is, is where I got all of my media for my entire life. You know, I thought you had sort of Gen Z vibes earlier in this podcast. So this mm -hmm. is all making more sense. <laughs> That's what Gen X is. It's half Gen Z, half Baby Boomer. Mm. <laughs> Good point. Well, congratulations. Thank I you. love this move for you. I wonder if that contributed to Thurston's low ratings. You did this. How many people did this at the same time? I don't have a Nielsen box, so I did not contribute to any ratings, good or bad. <laughs> All right, Dark Seeker, are you ready? Yes, I, I am ready. And oh boy, do I have a scream this week. Uh, it was the perfect week yeah. for me to come on uh, just for this scream, for nothing else but this scream. Um, so my scream from the pit this week is about a boy um, that I've been... Ooh, sexy. <laughs> that I've been casually getting to know since about the beginning of April, something like that. So it's pretty recent. Um, and straight up, our, our first date was amazing. We clicked, our chemistry was on point. It was like, we talked until the restaurant had to be like, guys, like we need to like, go, like clean up and shut down, you know? Um, it just was really good. But as the weeks went on and we were still getting to know each other, that spark was still there. 
but homeboy sucks at texting. How bad are we talking? Oh god. He uh, barely responded, would only talk whenever we would, uh, would only text to be like, hey, when are we gonna meet up? Like, barely checked on me, just really bad. Maybe like one text a week. Breadcrumbing. Yeah, breadcrumbing is right. But here's the deal. He really just does suck at texting. His mom gets on him about it. He's been like this for the entire time that he's ever had a phone. And instead of taking that in and and just, like, accepting that, my daddy-issue-riddled ass (laughs) is like, all right, time to self-sabotage. Like, I, I wasn't even, like, considering that, hey, this might just actually be a guy who doesn't like his phone. He told me that, but I'm not believing him. I'm like, all right, let's go. Self-sabotage. I confront him. I'm defensive. I'm, you know, a little bit irrational. And he handles my little temper tantrum beautifully. He was mature. He um, was patient. And, you know, once I kind of got back into my senses, I was like, oh no, you know, I probably ruined this. Like, I acted so weird. Like, I'm not used to a guy responding in that way. Um, But he was just amazing. And so I bring this up to my therapist who basically tells me, you know, Grayson, just slow down. And I'm like, you know, that's something I do need to hear a lot. But especially in this situation, it can, having a crush on someone can be really fun, but it can also be somewhat emotionally draining if you don't manage your expectations and you know at this point this is before I started working at Gore we started slowing down we weren't talking as much I think I freaked out on him one more time again daddy issue riddled ass right here and it it just started to slow down um but I couldn't get him out of my head. I went on more dates. I, you know, watched everything on Netflix, but I was still thinking about him, which was weird for me because usually I'm able to move on if I need to. Last week, I officially started working for Game of Roses. I was already in the pit, all right? I spent six months searching for the dark seasons and I wasn't even employed with you guys yet. Okay? (laughs) So then I get employed in the pit. I I don't... A lot of people... There's only two other people who will understand this and it's you two. But when you're you're employed in the pit, it, it brings it to a whole new level. It's like boys dating... Huh? Come again? I don't know them. <laughs> so wait a minute. Are you saying we've ruined your dating uh, life by no, dragging no, you I'm even not, further into the pit? No, this, distracted you. And just wait. I know this is a long screen, but it's going to pay off. So I like it. I like the build. Boys? <laughs> huh? And you know, it, it's like what, dating who? I'm constantly checking on the status of the Lion Dyke twins because they're going to be born any day now. I don't have time to think uh-huh. about stupid boys. So, <laughs> yesterday, 
he sent me an unprompted, cheeky DM referencing an inside joke we made, like, back in April when we were good, and I didn't initiate it. He initiated it, okay? So, The Bachelor, okay, has allowed me to unknowingly act like a cool girl. And I'm not a cool girl. I'm not somebody who can be like, yeah, like, totally. You can, like, never text me and it's all... Like, I can't. I I just... I can't even pretend. But this franchise holds my attention better than my damn Vivance. And now I might possibly have a second chance with this guy that I really clicked with. We'll see. All because of the pit and this franchise. That is my screen. I hope that's true. I hope that uh, being locked down to the bottom of the pit, checking on the Lion Dyke twins constantly does help you in your love life. And I apologize in advance if the opposite is true. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is exactly... I do need some... Pace Case is right. It was... It is a distraction, but it's a happy distraction. It's something I like to do. And I'm not just, like I said, I'm not constantly thinking about, you know, a crush. Because that happens, you know, whenever you you get all giddy about someone, you can't, you overanalyze every text or every Mm -hmm. not text uh, in his case. So uh, to finally get my, you know, uh, ruminating thoughts off of him and onto more important matters uh like dlh leaving uh is healthier i think well we cannot thank you enough for joining us in the pit for taking on this role at game of roses for making our social media already a million times better and we are very excited to see where all three of us to me not good (laughs) or to me i did social media on gore too like you know neither one of us could handle it neither one of us really knew what the fuck we were doing and we feel now that we have an expert with you dark seeker and uh we're looking very forward to seeing what this next year holds for the three of us as we move into unprecedented waters with a dlh less program by the way if anybody wants more on the backstory of how we came to know the Dark Seeker, you can check out our episode, Welcome to the Pit, The Dark Seeker, where Grace Ann regales us with her whole journey to find seasons two through seven, which we could not find for forever. It was impossible, and she got us them. And it ended up being my mom, of all people, who you'll hear in the episode who gave me that last final push. She said, uh, jump off a building and fly, and that's impossible, but my mom said, you better do it right now, honey, because you gave them your word. So. Well, thanks go out to the Dark Seeker and the Dark Mother, (laughs) because now we have a fantastic social media expert running our account. But um, that is it for this show thank you for everyone who has joined us for all of our news all of our parasocial plays all of our gains our screams from the pit and our state of the world we will be coming back to you next monday with a brand new patreon episode so be sure to stay tuned for that and again if you haven't checked out bachelors in the city their most recent episode yet please go listen to it right now pace case and i had the extreme pleasure 
of breaking down season 15. That is the rookie season of Pilot Pete, of Dustin Kendrick. And we got to roll through all their statistics with them, all the plays they made, all the different little things that went on that season. It was just an incredible experience. We can't thank them enough. Also, Grace Ann, where can people find you on social media? Should there be some gems who are listening who would like to slide into the DMs and distract you even further from this <laughs> aloof gentleman? This aloof gentleman. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, <laughs> you can find me if you want to um, at Grace Ann Parks if you... Uh, want to slide into those dms but uh, no pressure <laughs> well once again thank you dark seeker thank you pace case thank you everyone for listening and before we go as always what is that dwab at it has been seven thousand and seventeen days without an asian bachelor praise be our beloved game rate this podcast please review this podcast please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast please review this podcast please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines, and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix, just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus... You get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in um, 
refractory body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe? Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> 